Hi, my name is Kate Santangelo. Welcome to the Monmouth Moms podcast, part of the Monmouth Moms Network. Listen in as we bring awareness to the best local resources for growing families in Monmouth County, New Jersey, chat with local moms and mompreneurs, highlight our favorite resources, local spots, restaurants, and more. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Monmouth Moms podcast. Lots of exciting things happening this spring. We're gearing up for our, um, this is our second annual springtime festival coming up next week. And I was thinking on the way here, it's funny how like this in the spring, you never know what you're going to get weather wise. It's, you don't, you know, in the morning, this morning, the heat could have been on now, like as the day's progressing, I'm warm so you don't know how to dress and you also don't know how to plan we have a communion party coming up on sunday for my daughter that is supposed to be partly outside i don't know how well that's going to go and then the following weekend we have this um our the event big event and um i'm just like praying to those weather gods that i it goes in my direction because it's such a crapshoot with planning which is what you get for planning outdoor events in the spring i guess right but it's worth it when the weather is great yes i know and it all comes together so let's hope right um but thank you so much for joining me today today we have andrea mccafe i I butchered it i did i did i said i was going to and i did (laughs) and uh from the surrogacy center of philadelphia thank you so much absolutely thank you so much for having me um, I'm excited to uh, connect with you. We've been working together for a couple of years yeah. now with um, Mammoth Moms and a great partnership to discuss all things surrogacy in um, in our area. But we have met once in, um, in person. It was actually the first event that I had. Yeah. Um, uh, that's close to two years ago now here at Bellworks, um, which was the Mommy and Me Fair that we did, right? Um, so I met you then, and we've connected a bit over the phone over the years, but um, I'm really excited to delve into surrogacy and everything great, all the great things that you do um, for people for families and you know the um and the and the moms who become surrogates so tell me how where, where are you from so i'm actually from hawaii so okay <laughs> pretty far from the philadelphia area but my husband's from philly and so when oh. he retired from the military we settled back in the greater philadelphia area okay and you and you have a, a center in hawaii too yes yeah that's okay. actually the first agency that i started um over 15 years ago so you started um, before you met your husband yeah Ah, so what did you, um, you grew up in Hawaii? Yeah. And you went to school for what? Uh, So I actually came all the way to the East Coast for school. I did go to school for business. um, And then I moved from Boston uh, to Washington, D.C., where I did my graduate work. And I actually was working for the government. So completely unrelated Uh uh, to this type of work. Um, I was an egg donor uh, when I was in college. I did that three times. um, And that's actually how I got involved in the whole third-party reproduction world. Um, I started speaking at conferences and other support groups, um, just talking about my experience as an egg donor. And through that, I started to get to know other folks um, that work in this arena, clinics and attorneys and counselors. Um, And so that's how I started um, my first agency is because those folks said, hey, there's not services back in your 
home state. Right. Um, there were fertility clinics, but not um, surrogacy agencies. Um, and so a lot of folks were going to the mainland and to California to get those services, which was taking an expensive process. Yeah, adding another layer cost. of cost. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and so that's how I decided to start um, the surrogacy agency in Hawaii. Okay. Um, and that's been very successful. And then when we moved here to Philadelphia, I was asked to do the same thing. Okay. And um, so how do you meet your husband? Um, so he was in the military. Um, uh, I actually was uh, working for a nonprofit. I was volunteering um, for, it's called Operation Paperback. Uh -huh. um, and so we had, I had sent him books and corresponded with him and his unit that was deployed at the time to Iraq. Um, and so we actually started a friendly correspondence relationship first. Oh, that's so nice. And then when he came- It's like old school online yeah. dating. <laughs> It's like before the internet. Um, and then uh, when he came back to Hawaii, I went home and, and met him okay. in person and we very quickly fell in love. Oh, and that was that. That's so nice. <laughs> so he was from Philly and yes. you decided to that you wanted to raise your family here. Yeah. So after he got out, um, we moved around the world. We lived in oh. Hawaii. Um, my first daughter was born there. Then we moved to Germany. My second daughter was born in Germany. Wow. Um, and then we came back here um, to this kind of general area. We, he was stationed at Fort Dex, New Jersey. Um, and that's when he retired. And so we kind of got off the army train mm -hmm. <laughs> here and settled in here. Um, and it met all of our needs really well. So you were able to run the surrogacy center in Hawaii like overseas. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Through like just Zooms remote and work. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. Wow. So I've been doing remote work for a long time. Yeah. So, so COVID all of did this, nothing impacted with you at all. <laughs> no impacts. Another day. Yeah, exactly. That's so interesting. Wow. Um, so, uh, so you, oh yeah, so Fort Dix, that makes sense. So that, you know, it's a, not too far. And obviously um, he knew Philly very well. So yes. very nice. So you have two Two girls. Two girls. Yeah. And how old are they? Uh, they are 11 and 14. Oh, So okay. they're not little anymore. I know. It goes quickly, it right? It goes so fast. All yeah. of a sudden you blink <laughs> and they're in, the, in high school, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so tell me, so I'm, I have so many questions about surrogacy. I think so many moms, you know, hear about, or, you know, um, people that want to become parents have questions about surrogacy and know people that have done it or maybe hear about it or see it on TV, right? I think mm -hmm. a lot of celebrities um, yes. um, are good poster children, right, for sur or um, ambassadors, right, for surrogacy. Um, but what um, what drew you to like really, you know, wanting to, to start the clinic and um, and like go through the process of what exactly it looks like for a parent who um, is interested in surrogacy? Sure. So if you're a parent that's mm -hmm. interested in surrogacy, I mean, we would do a consult with you and really kind of figure out what's going on with your situation. Typically, parents have gone through IVF already. Mm -hmm. um, they've been unable to get pregnant themselves. Um, and so they have those embryos stored and frozen. Mm -hmm. um, and so after very often repeat miscarriage and, and uh, unable to carry, then um, they'll contact us and say, you know, we have an issue with the carrying part. You know, we have embryos that have been made. Um, and so, you know, we run through the entire process with them all the way through from matching them with a surrogate all the way through the case management process. So mm -hmm. the process is about 12 to 15 months long. And as an agency, we handle everything. Okay. Um, the coordination with the medical clinics, uh, the legal aspects of it, because it is a contract-based arrangement. Uh, we handle all the financials. Um, so because there is a lot of money that's exchanged, everything goes through escrow accounts. Uh, we handle all the insurance needs. 
insurance. Um, medical insurance is incredibly complex, as everybody knows. Right. Um, so is it covered through insurance? Um, the maternity care for the surrogate can be covered through her policy. Wow. Uh, we do have to look at the policy mm -hmm. and check for any fine print. Um, but if, if it is covered, then that's great. And parents generally just pay any kind of co-payments that you would if you went to your OB, you know, the 10 or $20. Wow. Um, the you know, the clinic portion of it, working with the fertility clinic and meaning the embryo transfer, that is not covered mm -hmm. by insurance. And so parents do have to figure out um, how to fund that themselves. Oh, interesting. Um, so we do handle that whole piece of it, the legal, the medical, the financial, but then there's also just the relationship component, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so our case managers really work to make sure everyone has open communication, um, that everyone's staying well-informed and very comfortable with the level of communication that's happening, mm -hmm. letting them know what the next steps are, and then communicating with you know the hospital and any other professionals as it comes to you know delivery. Right. Um, so we handle all of those steps as well. So when um, parents who are looking into surrogacy, is it usually like a last resort? Is it, do you see it has, has it evolved over the last 15 years in terms of like, you know, parents who, you know, maybe even haven't even tried IVF or, you know, just have made a decision that that's not something, you know, maybe they don't want to carry their own child for, you know, different reasons. But yeah. what are what are some of the things that you have seen like over the last you know decade? For sure. So there are many reasons. Of course, we think of the medical and the infertility reasons, right? Um, but then, you know, you have folks that, for instance, um, maybe they have secondary infertility. So they had one child and they can't carry a second one. Mm -hmm. Or they've had complications with a previous pregnancy that makes it unsafe for them to carry in the future. Okay. Um, and so we help those parents as well. Uh, sometimes we have single parents by choice. So we have um, either a single intended father or a single intended mother. They create embryos with usually donated um, either sperm or, or eggs, um, mm -hmm. and then they need somebody to carry for them. Uh, we work with a lot of same-sex couples, mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, they are going through IVF as well, um, and then, you know, we work with them, because obviously if you're a same-sex male couple, no one's carrying. Right. <laughs> um, so we work with them as well. Um, and But then there are also sometimes not physical reasons, right? You know, people you know, their mental health matters. You know, there are some folks that have gone through various traumas or losses um, and they don't feel comfortable carrying anymore. Mm. Um, and if that's the case, you know, we will help them too. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And what is the, so we talked a little bit about this um, uh, today, but what are some of the, uh, you know, when a prospective or a parent is looking into surrogacy and they, you know, you're, you're working with a caseworker and they, um, you know, are selecting a surrogate, what does that look like? Um, and how involved is your agency in helping them you know, organize involved. all of that? Yeah, so what we want to do, we want to make sure that that match is, is a good match okay. because that really defines everything. This is an incredibly long process, yeah. generally at least between 12 and 15 months once you're matched. And it's usually about a year wait to get matched. Wow. Um, so it, we're looking at two years of a process going through all of this. Um, so you really want to like the people you're working with, right? Right. So, you know, we as an agency make sure to capture a lot of preferences um, on both sides, mm -hmm. both for the parents and for the surrogate. There are medical preferences, things like what level of testing you're comfortable with. Um, but then there are also um, cultural and religious preferences, communication preferences. Um, you know, what kind of relationship do you want to have? 
during and after uh, the surrogacy. And so we capture all of that. Mm-hmm. Vaccination status, that's yeah. been a big one you know, oh, over the past right. couple of years. think of that. Um, and so, you know, we gather all that information and then for the parents, we organize them into what we call matching cohorts. So these are folks that have very similar um, matching preferences and lifestyle backgrounds. Um, so it's not a straight deli line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we organize them into these groups. And then once the surrogate gets through screening, we look at her matching preferences and we say, okay, she would fit well with this cohort over here. Okay. And so then we then generally will present um, surrogate profiles based on how long someone's been waiting on the list. We want to make sure that we try to take care of our families that have been waiting the longest. Um, and we work our way through that list. So we would send the parent's profile first to the surrogate. Mm-hmm. She can take a look and read their letter and pictures and all of their information. Um, and if she expresses interest and says she'd like to get to know them more, uh, then we send her profile over to the parents. Similarly, it lists all of her preferences, has a letter, pictures. You can even upload a private video on our system. Okay. So it is a little bit like online dating, that part of it. Yeah. Um, but once everyone sees profiles and they feel comfortable and say, yeah, I'd like to get to know this person more, uh, then we set up a facilitated meeting. Um, it's facilitated by a case manager because we know that conversation can be awkward at first. Hello, mm-hmm. nice to meet you. Will you carry my baby for you? Um, but we really want to make sure that everyone gets an opportunity to talk with each other, hear each other's stories, understand, you know, what are their motivations for doing this on the surrogate side, um, for the parents to share what they've been through. Um, and after that meeting, usually, you know, folks do want to match, but we kind of will repeat that process. It's okay. really about the quality of the match. Okay. Yeah. And you can't, so you have to go through an agency in order to arrange a surrogacy? No. You don't. Okay. You don't. Um, so what are the are, benefits of working with an agency Yeah. Then? So you can do an independent, what's called, we call it independent journeys. Mm-hmm. So you can do this solo. Um, I, of course, you know, yes, I am biased. We are an agency, but wouldn't recommend it. It is a complex process. Yeah, it sounds um, like it. You know, we, as an agency, we bring in all the different players that are involved. You know, we do a lot of the screening on the surrogate. So that means, you know, reviewing and gathering all the medical records, um, doing all the background checks, credit checks. Uh, we send the surrogate for a full psychological evaluation and testing session along with her partner or spouse. Um, we do all the coordination with the fertility clinics. We handle all the contracts. So there's two separate attorneys that are retained for that entire process. Mm -hmm. And then the insurance piece. So there's a lot of steps um, involved and a lot of professionals that are involved in this. And so having an agency, you have somebody that's coordinating all of that. Um, It's like a conductor of a big orchestra. So both parties always kind of have to keep like um, there's different uh, steps and that you kind of coordinate and make sure that everyone's communicating and is on the same page. Exactly. And we actually have a bunch of online tools. We have a whole secure portal with task lists. And so as you're walking through your journey, you can log in, you can see exactly where you are in the process, um, what your next steps are, and then your case manager. So there's a case manager that's always assigned to each family and journey. And so they are letting you know, okay, here's the next appointment. This is the next thing that you have to sign. This is the next thing we have to get done. Do they have to live close to each other? No, they don't. Um, We as an agency, you know, there are some large national agencies that pretty much will kind of recruit across the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and match you with somebody anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, We are a local agency and that's always been our focus. So Mm -hmm. we're really kind of in this greater Philadelphia area. So we come up here to, you know, the edge of like North Jersey. We'll go as far out as like Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Far south is Delaware and out to the Jersey Shore. So we're this kind of this two-ish our radius around uh, Philadelphia. Um, and so most our surrogates and our parents are in that radius too. Well, that's nice because when they go into labor, I mean, so they're delivering at the um, the 
facility where the parents wish they delivered, or how does that work? It's usually worked out ahead of time. Um, some parents, um, you know, they may have a particular preference regarding the delivery hospital. Most of the time, they say, you know, wherever the surrogate's delivered in the past, that her OB has delivered privileges oh, to, okay. and that is a larger regional hospital because we do want that hospital to have at least a level three NICU in case there are any kind of complications. Because the last thing we need is then to also have to coordinate transport of baby if there are complications. Oh. Um, so you know, most folks are delivering at, you know, some of the larger virtual hospitals and things like that here in Jersey. Okay. Um, and they are also very familiar with surrogacy in our agency. So it, it works out pretty well. Does the caseworker come to the delivery too? If she can. Yeah. Oh, if she can. Got yes. it. Yeah. yeah. So if she's delivering quickly, right. then she might not get there in time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. So becoming a surrogate. So yes. if someone is interested in uh, becoming a surrogate, um, what are the steps that they need to, you know, they apply, right? They gather more information from your center um, and what would be the next step for them? Sure. So definitely you have to complete a full application. What we'll do is we usually have our screening coordinator reach out um, when someone inquires because we really want to have a conversation with you about what this process looks like mm -hmm. and get to know you a little bit, understand what your motivations are and explain kind of the pros and cons and even some of the risks associated with the process. Um, once somebody's comfortable with that, then we invite you to apply to the program. The application's pretty long, but you know we need to have your full medical history and all of your information. We get that reviewed um, and then they go through a screening process. Less than 10% of, of applicants get through that screening process. Wow. Um, do they have to be vaccinated? No, they do not. They don't, okay. Um, we have a good mix. A lot of our carriers are, and a lot of parents do prefer vaccination, but we actually have a handful that requests not. Oh, okay. um, so it is really, again, about that matching preference right. and quality. Um, and so, you know, all of that information is gathered. We then will, like I said, go to all the original providers, gather all those records, review them. Uh, we do abide by kind of standards. There are standards that we have to follow regarding mm -hmm. safety um, and surrogacy. So, you know, for instance, you can't have any more than three C-sections. Right. Okay. Um, you can't have any more than five pregnancies. Oh. Um, and so we really want to make sure that the process is very safe for the carrier and safe for the baby. Um, and is so there an age? Yeah. Yeah. In general, we're operating between ages 21 and 42. Okay. Um, so it's a pretty wide range. Yeah. Um, so there are some exceptions. You know, there are, you know, we do have some women that apply to us. They're later in life, but, you know, they've had a recent pregnancy. They're incredibly healthy. Um, and that's fine. Um, we then get them specially approved by the clinic to be able to proceed with the process. Um, but once you go through screening, then we go through that matching process that I mentioned, um, where you get to see parent profiles uh, and look over everything. Um, and really be able to pick a family that, that that's a good fit for you. Right. So what are some of the reasons why um, someone would want to become a surrogate? It's an incredible gift to to give to um, to you know parents to become a family. Um, but what you know what are the different reasons why uh, women come to you to become a surrogate? Absolutely. So it's for sure. You know the number one reason it, they're altruistically motivated. They want to help someone out. This is a completely unique way right. to help somebody. Um, and you know it, it's so precious. Um, at the same time, you know, we know that there are risks involved. It is a huge commitment. Um, so th they are compensated financially. Mm -hmm. um, we keep our compensation reasonable. Um, I, I have seen in the last 10 years kind of compensation rates really skyrocketing. Um, and that is, you know, to attract more carriers. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, our agency um, really believes in affordability. 
Um, and so we don't want these, you know, compensation going through the roof. We right. really want people that are motivated to do this because they want to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and the compensation is just an extra uh, for them. So um, definitely for sure, you know, women want to do this because they really want to help somebody else with completely life-changing experience um and it's 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 a special sisterhood when you when you go through this you right. know our agency we maintain a few private support groups online um and so you know when you join you are able to talk to other surrogates who have been through this mm -hmm. um, because it is a unique experience um and, and and really chat with them about what they felt and all the different you know parts and pieces involved in it um but everybody that we talk to they're like you know this is what a way to give a gift to somebody. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, and the thrill that you get when you see your intended parents' faces mm -hmm. and they're holding their baby for the first time. It's right. it's it's incredible. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, so what are some of the things that they experience during the, you know, the course of pregnancy? Or do they communicate with the intended parents through, um, like, as much as they want to, or how, what does that look like? Absolutely, and I think that you know the culture of our agency is very open, very friendly. Um, it is not a transaction. That's what we tell folks. You know, you should be open to wanting to communicate with the intended parents. That being said, there's also you know some healthy boundaries, um, and so most have a fantastic, friendly relationship. Everyone's just so excited that you know this baby's on the way. Um, it's a lot of effort. It's a team effort, and so it really feels like you know as a team. You are working towards this common goal together and so surrogates are often communicating all the usual bump updates and mm -hmm. um and letting the parents know parents are absolutely encouraged to come to appointments when they can especially oh. some of those critical ones okay um so you know the big ultrasound appointment in the middle of the pregnancy and and all of that and so what and happens if um like if the if the intended parents don't want to find out the sex yeah so you can you can keep it private <laughs> so, you, so you can the surrogate can find out and just not tell them basically exactly oh interesting yeah. So That's we've so had some cases where the surrogate knew the parents didn't. It was kind of hard for her, but it was kind of fun. Um, and then they've had, you know, fun gender reveals later on where nobody knew. Ah. Um, and then, you know, sometimes, you know, surprises at the very end where no one knew. Oh, so, I love that. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, you can do it any way you want. Um, we talked a little bit about this before, too, but they can. So can the intended parents dictate what they eat? Yeah. So um, I call it the peanut butter sandwich rule. Um, and so, you know, in the contract that you sign with your intended parents, there are guidelines. They're not over the top. These are the kind of the typical pregnancy guidelines that you would see. You know, don't uh, go look in the handrails in the New York subway. <laughs> you know, don't eat a bunch of mercury laden fish. Right. Um, but no martinis. The, right. Exactly. <laughs> Try not to drink a ton of martinis. Um, but at the same time, you know, there some parents, for instance, request that their surrogate eat organic or as healthy as possible. And my surrogates are absolutely fine doing that. And sometimes parents will even give them an additional grocery allowance oh, okay. um, to help with the cost of that because, you know, all organic yeah. is expensive. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that is kind of defined in the contract. There are statements. But at the same time, the intended parents are not there over your shoulder mm -hmm. making sure. And if anybody wanted to be like, that was not, you know, in the contract, you said, guess what? How are you? how's that going to be proven, right? There's right. a huge amount of trust that's in this process. And I always tell intended parents, yes, you know, this, I get it. You've been through so much. This is really tough. Um, you're trusting somebody with, you know, your most precious, precious cargo and your baby. Um, but she is taking care of herself probably better than she did even with her own pregnancies. She knows how important this is. Yeah. So they can't dictate how the, um, like if they wanted 
the baby to be born like at home, like in, with a can, can that be worked out amongst the the both of them it or can. it can oh, okay um, you know and we do have midwife attended births, um, but at the same time, generally we don't recommend home birth just because of some of the additional risks that may be involved. Right, um, there are wonderful birth centers that are kind of affiliated um, with major hospitals, and so that's. If you know folks are really leaning towards that side, and they're like, "Look, let's have a midwife attended birth center experience. It's as close to a home birth as we can get." But at the same time, we have those resources. If there's any distress, we can you know quickly deal with that. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, and as a surrogate, if you um, so you you have to have had a child before, right? Yes. You have to be a parent. Yes. Um, do you find that many of the surrogates are women that enjoy being pregnant? Yeah. 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 I mean, you wouldn't want to do this if you, if you don't enjoy being pregnant. Well, because I, mean, I have friends who, like, loved being pregnant, and yeah. I have friends who are like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was not a good pregnant yeah, person. I was like, here's here's my eggs. You can have all the eggs you want, but uh, being pregnancy just don't mix very well. Um, love like, my girls. Like, but. I'm wondering if, like, a lot of the moms that become surrogates are ones that, like, didn't have extreme, like, morning sickness and stuff yeah. like that. Are they? Yeah. 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 I they? mean, they generally had some very healthy easy pregnancies and they're just like gosh why wouldn't I do this for right. somebody else you yeah know, this really didn't impact me too much right um and you know you're going this is another layer to your life you're still able to work go to spend time with your kids do ever you, you know your life continues on right um you just have this extra passenger on board that's, for for several more know, months right. but um you know most though are enjoy pregnancy really liked being pregnant um had very minimal complications mm -hmm. um and so you know they want to do this for somebody else so how many of your um, your clients right um, continue a relationship with their surrogate? Most of them. Most do. of them. Most of them do. It's very friendly, you know, because again, it's such a long process, and you'll get to know your surrogate and her family too, mm -hmm. right? And so it's it's you're working on a team, right? It's like you spent two years with somebody, you're not going to suddenly right. not have a relationship with them. Um, so very often, everyone's you know exchanging Christmas cards and things like that um, and keeping in touch on social media. We do have some families that are extremely close to their surrogates and just everyone becomes like best friends. And they know? they're invited to Part, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the surrogate's almost like an honorary auntie and everybody, you know, tells the story and be like, look, all these people helped you come to be, you know, right. they tell their children about it. Um, and then we have other folks that just, you know, like I said, just stay in touch in a friendly manner, you know. Right. First birthday, here's a picture, you know, hope you and your family are doing well, vice versa. So um, we do discuss that with both parties ahead of time. Um, most folks say, you know, we just want to let it kind of evolve organically. Mm -hmm. And that's that's fine, too. But I think in general, you should think about kind of what, what kind of relationship you want. Um, because the right match is out there for you. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to want to be the honorary auntie. <laughs> right. But at the same time, if it's important for you to maintain that relationship, we absolutely have parents that would love to do that. And how many of the surrogates that come to your center uh, become a surrogate again? Um, as many, I would say most try to do it again if they can. Okay. Um, you know, because we do adhere to the American Society of Reproductive Medicine standards regarding surrogacy, you know, we have that five pregnancy limit. So if you had three kids already and you carried once, maybe you can carry one more time, but then 
after that, you can't. Will um, they do it again for the same family? Sometimes, yes. That's so um, We do have uh, repeat journeys and sibling journeys. Um, and so, you know, I was thinking we have a couple right now that are going on. Um, and it's great because everybody's so comfortable with it. Um, they've been through it before and they're just kind of thrilled to do this again. Um, sometimes we'll have, though, you know, a surrogate that'll carry for, for a different family um, in our program. And we have lots of families that come back for sibling journeys. Oh. Um, a lot. I would say about a quarter of our families on our list are repeats. So they, they're wanting a sibling. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, so they, you know, sometimes they develop a relationship and sometimes they just kind of keep in touch, you know, mm -hmm. from a distance. Um, from uh, starting this 15 years ago, have you seen an increase, has the statistic increased in um, percentage of pregnancies per year uh, in sur surrogacy? Yes, for sure. Yeah, surrogacy is growing. It's becoming much more popular. Um, as you mentioned at the beginning, you know, celebrities are being a lot more open about it. Um, that certainly helped. But in general, I would say that, you know, reproductive medicine has, has evolved Advanced, yeah. quite a bit. Right. Um, and we're seeing, you know, a lot more women that are starting families later in life. Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, then, you know, sometimes you can run into some issues, right, as right. you get older. And so um, we're seeing a lot more folks that are needing help uh, with carrying. Okay. And what is your day like running the center? <laughs> very two kids, busy. <laughs> very busy. Um, you're, you're, you know, helping your clients and managing both centers, right? Yes. Um, so you're in Hawaii too. Yes. Um, so what does a week look like? I was, I'm always so interested in moms who run their own businesses. Absolutely. And how, how they get it all done. Yeah. So drop the kids off at school um, and drink a lot of coffee. Um, and then I, you know, sit down, look at my calendar. Generally, um, I usually have one or two consultations a day. Mm -hmm. um, those consults are long. It's not like it's a lot of questions. Right. right. It's an I hour have a million and a questions half. and I'm not becoming a surrogate. <laughs> right. So I usually have a couple of intended parent consultations, really walking them through the process and letting them know how to get started. Um, then I am, of course, you know, as the business side, right? So I'm doing my books. Um, I am, you know, sometimes running payroll. I'm reviewing marketing materials and other things that are being sent out from my staff, um, approving those and making any kind of edits. Um, then I kind of shift over to the case management side. So I'm checking in with my team of case managers. Um, sometimes there are issues or things that they need me to handle mm -hmm. um, or, you know, they need my judgment on or they have questions on. And so I'm, I'm helping them work through that. Um, we do, yes, we are a local agency, but we do have international parents as well. Oh. Um, and so sometimes, um, you know, I'm doing a very late night Zoom call because <laughs> of time zones. Right. Um, and so um, sometimes I'm, I'm working pretty late, but um, try to, you know, zip to school, pick up the kids in the afternoon, run them to all their afternoon activities, get everybody fed. And then, um, you know, there's usually a couple of hours of work in the evening um, that I'm trying to, you know, wrap up and done. Yeah, yeah, answer emails, all of that. Yeah. And then some Netflix and then bed. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes writing my Peloton, sometimes not. <laughs> I know. I'm, my Peloton's collecting dust at the moment, yeah. so I get it. Um, so the consults that you have, is most of it done virtually or you're meeting people in person? Yeah, it, it's a mix. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we're happy to do either. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes phone, sometimes Zoom, sometimes in person. Um, it's just based on convenience. You know, folks are grabbing a Zoom call on their lunch break. I've literally talked to people and they're like eating lunch in their car as I'm doing the consult with them. Right. We make it work however we can make it work. We right. get it. Um, so. And how much of a commitment is it obviously it's a huge commitment for the surrogate um but in terms of you know becoming um the the intended parents are they 
in constant communication like how are you like I guess there's certain like steps in each month they they kind of have to commit to different things for sure yeah and so you know the case manager is keeping them updated you know as a surrogate's getting screened of course you know there's that intense period with the fertility clinic about four to six weeks where she's going in for appointments all the Mm time um and that's you know that's the hardest part for the parents, right? Because very often they've already been the patient themselves and now they're not the patient, but they're just right there watching everything happening. And so to make sure the embryo takes. Right, like yeah, right. Yeah. And so um they're, you know, they've invested a lot financially, emotionally at this point. And you're just kind of crossing fingers like, please let this one take. Wow. Um, and so that that's tough. But once you know that pregnancy is confirmed, you know, they're communicating very casually with the surrogate, but there's, you know, a couple of appointments in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of in the middle of the pregnancy, we really get back with the lawyers and do a lot of the legal steps mm-hmm. um, because the parents' names are on that birth certificate. Um, so it doesn't say surrogacy. It doesn't say anything like that. It just is a regular birth certificate. But we have to do a lot of legal work on the back end to make sure that that happens. Um, so there's there's a lot of legal paperwork that happens kind of in the middle of the pregnancy. Um, and then, you know, preparing for the birth itself. So it is an intense process. You can't be hands off, um, but m- most parents aren't. They're so invested in this okay. and wanting to support their surrogate and wanting to make sure that they're communicating really well with their case manager. Mm-hmm. I feel like this would be a Hallmark movie, but has it ever <laughs> happened where um, like a intended parents were struggling to get pregnant through IVF and then go the surrogacy route and then end up getting pregnant at the same time? So yes, we have it had has that happened. happen. Yes, yeah. uh, we have had that happen. Not very often, but there's a handful of cases where that happened everyone's thrilled and then we go so what do you want to do we can do a sibling journey um, which some parents are like yeah you know especially because they love their surrogate so much they know how hard it is to get matched and so they're like yeah we'll do a sibling journey and kind of run this simultaneously but we've had some that just kind of took a pause and then kind of cleared through that first trimester and they're like you know what I guess we're gonna kind of hang out here oh, wow. so we we have had that happen um and if so then you know we rematch the surrogate but we'll kind of work with folks however they want to build their families oh that's so interesting yeah there's so probably so many different things that you you know to see every day that yes. you wouldn't think to <laughs> see right and you probably because in, in essence also become you know like therapeutic to so many parents too or, yeah and yeah. hearing all of the different you know stories and just for different sure. for sure circumstances and um great things that you're doing it's incredible it's such it's so interesting to me <laughs> yeah yeah it, it really is it's incredible work i work with a great team um you know they're all moms we most of them have been all of our case managers have been surrogates themselves okay um so that kind of adds an extra element to it you know everyone's very invested in this process passionate about it um and also empathetic they they understand what it's like to go through this um you know as kind of a mom small business owner you always have to guard out against your own burnout. Right. Um, you know, because the moment that I'm so tired that I can no longer be empathetic to my clients is kind of a red flag for me that I need to take a moment to kind of take care of myself a little bit. And it's so true. Boundaries because it's tough. You know, this type of work, anyone that works in social services or case management or client services knows like you are giving everything to these people. Mm-hmm. You're they've been such fighters for so long that you have to fight with them Mm -hmm. but at the same time fighting with 100 people you know and helping all these teams go it's exhausting um and so you know i do my best to try to keep that balance and to tell my team too you know you can take a break you can take a moment you can 
you know, not answer the call at 10 p.m. unless someone's in labor, then you yes, <laughs> answer. But, um, but you know, and, and set those boundaries um, because we can go through this process. It's such an emotional process. It's such a huge investment, but we can support people. Right. And still set healthy boundaries. So, yeah, 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 it's very true. The whole the burnout. We should do a podcast just about burnout <laughs> because I've you know there's been weeks where you're just faced and you're just by Friday sometimes it's just you know like I was I still do but I like burn through like weekends working and mm-hmm. you're not producing as well you know you're not like really being your best self and taking that time to like just do other things and focus on other things other than you know your work will make you better when you return to on work on you know whenever you need to do yeah, exactly <laughs> so, i don't want to say monday but sometimes it's sunday but yeah. <laughs> and i think about like what i do for my girls too you know as a mom and a business owner you have to like i think about okay what kind of example am i setting for them right? right like i want to show that okay you work hard you serve other people you take care of other people you're empathetic you're a helper right. you just help however you can right. but at the same time i don't want them burning the candle at both ends so true um (laughs) and taking care of themselves right Right. yeah and so I always struggle with that because I'm like I know I'm supposed to be a good example for you as a mom but yeah and they always see you just like going 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 going, right cooking dinner with on the phone and typing an email and not present and the guilt of not being present oh I'm with you on that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah and just okay in a minute I'll get it in a minute yeah it's like my catchphrase I think in a minute (laughs) yeah <laughs> my kids start texting me to ask things. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I know. Like that, my kids are like, I, I know you're on a call, so they're gonna text me. Like, yes. Can I have? Can some I have lemonade? strawberries? Right. <laughs> like, first of all, the strawberries. Like, I need a strawberry farm of some kind in the yard. And two, um, it's getting a little like, can you please? We're that the my daughter's eight, so like. The knife thing has been like, is she old enough to, you know, can I trust her cutting up the strawberries? But I get mm-hmm. asked quite frequently, at least twice a day for strawberries. Not <laughs> yes. a bad problem. I mean, like, you know, right. it's strawberries and cheese in my house. Okay. You're right. <laughs> strawberries and cheese. I'm strawberries and raspberries or grapes or whatever. I'm like, I do know grapes. <laughs> I know, right? So, I, I get it. It's, it is one of those things where, you know, definite challenge, like as a mom and a mom run business. And I try to set a good example, like for my own girls, but then for our team. Um, you know, because I am the oldest, uh, right? And so a lot of them are slightly younger parents. And I'm uh-huh. like, okay, guys, like, I know. Like, I know, I know where you are. I, yeah. I, I, I've been there. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, just take a minute. It's okay. You don't have to answer that email right now. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so interesting. So you're, I'm sure your girls look up to you. And, you know, I've had this conversation many times, actually, with so many moms who have older children mm-hmm. or have, you know, raised their children and are, were business owners or working professionals where they were working like crazy. And, they had that guilt or maybe they had that guilt when they were younger, but mm-hmm. really across the board don't anymore because yeah. um, they all and I've even asked like their grown children, like how did you feel about your mom working so much? How did you feel about, you know, the um, those years? And they all say across the board, like I respected my mom. She showed me great work ethic. I, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without her. So right. I, I know exactly what you're saying. But at the same time, like, I think we're we are setting good examples to, to the women that we're raising. So it's kudos to all of us trailblazing and yeah, you know, making things um you know, more uh, opportunistic for, for the women that are, that are, uh, you know, in our future, right? Our future leaders. Exactly. Um, 
So, at, but they're still 11 and 14 now. So what do you do um, with them on the weekends? What do you like to do in Philly? I like don't know enough about Philly. I was, we were saying earlier, I have a sister who lives there. My cousin lives there. We went to Adventure Aquarium, which is not Philly. We're close. Um, like <laughs> it's a few, right across the, the couple bridge. couple months ago, but that's like the closest I've been. Um, so tell me what you like to do when yes. you have some downtime. So we live in Maniac as a neighborhood. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's fantastic. Um, it's right on the water there. Um, and so it's kind of an old mill area and there's mm-hmm. a canal tons of great small businesses and restaurants, um, dog parks, park, regular parks for the kids too. Um, and there's always events going on. And so we love to kind of walk Main Street um, and check anything out. And of course, we'll go into Center City too. There's tons of museums and festivals, um, but we'll even go further out. And, you know, my littlest is a little nature child. And yeah. so she loves and she rides horses. And so we do, she rides her horse on, on Saturdays, but we'll try to get out and, you know, go to various farms and the tulip farm and things like that. Oh, so, so nice. I've read something in recently. There's a um, place to go see waterfalls. Mm-hmm. In, is that anywhere near Philly? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, there's several hikes that you can go on that okay. are all within like an hour of, Ooh. so it's great. You'll um, have to give me can, some tips. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we, we love to go out there and just kind of get away from the hustle and bustle. But at the same time, we do also love living in the city. Right. I mean, I, I love that we can walk to cafes and restaurants and anything that we need. Um, and, you know, even my their school is, it's a city school. So, you know, the curbside drop and all that fun yeah. stuff. Um, but it's still great. Like, you know, they're serving their neighborhood. They're doing community service projects right there. Um, it's a really diverse neighborhood, which I really love. So, yeah. So. Did you grow up in a city in Hawaii? Um, yeah, I mean, it was suburbs, um, suburbs of Honolulu. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's definitely, it was, was it not, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, much different <laughs> very, environment. Very different from Philadelphia. <laughs> um, but I, I'd say I probably am an East Coast city girl. I mean, I, I chose to come to college in Boston right. um, and then kind of stayed on the East Coast in D.C. and, and then now so yeah definitely like my city uh cheesesteak are you a cheesesteak fan do you have a cheesesteak preference yeah <laughs> yes so um our neighborhood um has two kind of warring cheesesteak places and no it's not pat's and gino's right. which is you know touristy place um it's chubby's and delisandro's which are directly across the street from each other okay both very good oh, um <laughs> i love cheesesteak i've been to um both that was uh, pat and gino's that was called yeah, yeah. there's pat's and gino's um, yeah We've been to both. I, they were good. I don't know. But I've heard that, like, you can get better. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. There okay. are so many other yeah. better places. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm a hoagie girl. I mean, yeah, I like I like my cheese steaks, but a good, you know, good, good Italian. I'm, yeah. I'm great. And there's some, there's fantastic delis all around us. And you can just get great. I love just being able to walk into a, a small deli that's been family owned for, like, 70 years. And wow. It's good. You know it's good. It's been good since your husband was a small child, uh, you know? <laughs> did he grow so, up in Philly or like um, He actually grew up in South Jersey. Oh. Um, Okay. Um, but his dad worked for Pico. And so, I mean, he's right across the river. Um, so Philly is his hometown. He knows Huge Eagles well. fan. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> I love that. Um, so where can everyone find you, the Surrogacy Center of Philadelphia, um, if you are interested in becoming a surrogate or if you are, um, you know, thinking, looking into surrogacy for your family, um, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So we are all over the socials. Um, if you look up Philadelphia Surrogates, uh-huh. you're going to pull up all of our various channels on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you name it, even TikTok. Um, and then, of course, our website, which is philadelphiasurrogates.com. Okay. Um, and you can also look for more information about the Surrogacy Center on our website. Um, we've worked together for a couple of years, so there's some excellent um, editorial content on there and just information about um, 
Um, I think moms that have worked with you too. Yeah. So, um, and we'll continue to, to, you know, continue to put information out there too for um, the center. I think it's amazing what you do and really just a, truly a gift to so many families um, in our area and I'm sure, you know, across the country too. Um, so thank you for, for coming on. Thanks so much. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the Monmouth Moms uh, Springtime Festival is Sunday, May 7th. We have Touch a Truck. God willing with the weather, um, but it'll be great. It'll be sunny. I don't even care if it's sunny as long as it's not raining. <laughs> um, so we can have um, some awesome t fun with uh, the local fire department is coming um, from Homedale Police Department. We have Hackensack Meridian coming with um, um, an ambulance. We're doing a teddy bear clinic, I think, with them. We have um, some excavators coming and some cool, um, just some cool trucks of uh, like a dump truck and a recycling truck and all kinds of stuff. So that'll be outside. And then inside, we have all kinds of vendors, over 75 vendors for Mother's Day gifts and shopping. Um, we have our kid zone. We have some new entertainment this year. So we have a magic show happening. Um, uh, Mommy and me yoga from my peace place. We have Jamboree coming, Snapology, all kinds of fun um, stuff to do for kids of all ages, which is nice. So it's a really great community day uh, at Bellworks in Homedale. We're really excited for that. Um, and then also just look to us for information as we go into the spring and warmer, hopefully warmer summer months. Um, can't come. Uh, quickly enough. Our summer camp guide is on the website now. Our home guide, if you're doing any like projects or renovations, need some home improvement, that just went live um, this week. And our birthday party guide too. So if you're struggling to get your uh, birthday party planned or you just want someone to do it, there's lots of good resources in there too. So as always, make sure to visit themammothmoms.com for your go-to uh, resource for all things Monmouth County, New Jersey. And enjoy your day, everyone. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody.